Welcome to SelfDiscoveryWisdom.com, formerly known as SelfDiscovery Media. On these podcasts, you're going to hear people who speak from the heart. They've taken the journey in life. Many things have happened to them, but they've changed it to happening for them. And in their strength, their courage, they've discovered their abilities and their wisdom, and they are now sharing it here with you. Do enjoy each show. We bring it to you with love and knowing that it's going to help you on your journey of life. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Ignite Your Heart and Soul right here on selfdiscoverywisdom.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest is Linda Orsini. Yes, it's Italian, and she's going to share her passion with us today. We're going to ignite a few heart and souls today. She has a wonderful podcast, A Call for Love. Isn't that a beautiful title? A Call for Love. And it's drawing from her 30-year experience uh, uh, as in a career as an educator. And as a founder of the Global Wellness Education and certified in meditation, mindfulness teaching, yoga, Reiki, healing, and more, Linda wholeheartedly embraces holistic practices. And through her sharing of ancient teachings, you'll uncover the power to transmute fear and suffering into love through mind, body, soul, and in self-compassion practices. We need a lot of that, folks. Guided by the teachings of the masters, Linda helps us to overcome emotional fear, stress, and anxiety, nurturing personal growth, clarity, and love while embracing our interconnectedness in the fabric of the collected consciousness. Music to my ears. Linda's empowering words will lead you towards a profound journey of wholeness, compassion, um, catalyzing transformative change within and we all need that change she has a wonderful gift for us a, a pdf book that you can download if you come to the site selfdiscoverywisdom.com and put in her name linda orsini which i'm going to spell for you o-r-s-i-n-i and you will see the wonderful gift she has of seven days to self-love it's a workbook and it shows you exactly how to go about doing that she also has an inner time free meditation app you can only get it if you come to the site and see her page we want you to immerse yourself into your own self-love because that's where love for everything else starts first and foremost with you. Welcome to the show, Linda. Oh, I'm so happy to be here, Sarah. I love the title of the podcast. It's brilliant. And, you know, what people don't understand while they're chasing love, trying to find the meaning of life, trying to find a loving connection with something out there, it's really all just waiting to be ignited within them, isn't it? Absolutely. All love comes from self-love. Yes, absolutely. Because you really don't understand the true love unless it <clears throat> croak, croak, unless it comes from the self-love. And self-love isn't ego. It isn't narcissism. It is the generator of what you're going to exude out. It emanates from us, you know. Mm. When we're in that vibration of self-compassion for ourselves, because of course we're never what is perfect, but we're never perfect, then then we can embrace who we are, faults and, and all the positives with love. And then yeah. we can spread that loving kindness outwards. And I always say, you know, if you contain it in yourself, that's not that's not the gift. It's no. spread it outwards. Yeah, it, it isn't just for you. It it is to generate in you. Um, this enrichment and abundance 
that you can't help but let your cup run over. Uh, but it's also the way you see life. You know, you could look to the tree before and it's just a tree. When it comes from that place of self-love, you are now greeting that tree. <laughs> it's your friend, the rustle of the leaves, the breeze in the trees, the birds singing there, everything about it is so more as you put in the interconnectedness, that, that synchronicity of, you know, you're communicating with each other and you're so much more aware, aren't you? Yeah, well, we're all interconnected. And if we think we're just solo beings, then that's not the point, right? We're yeah. all energy, we're all vibration. And so that tree is just vibrating as well. And so when you tap into that, then you become one and we all are all one really in the essence. We're all interconnected. We don't see the thread. Now, this is something that I always find kind of amazing. You've got people that will believe in God and the doctrine through the church or through the interpretation of the Bible, yet they won't believe in anything else. So they're believing in a system that tells them that God is there and God tells them that they've got to do X, Y, and Z. And many of these institutions are not about love. They're about control. But when it comes into trusting in ourselves and believing other things out there that we can't touch or necessarily see, we distrust. And I don't understand that. Well, I do believe I know exactly what you're seeing, saying, because there's a difference between being religious and being spiritual. Yeah. Well, there's all sorts of paths that lead us to wholeness. And some people just have different paths. And the thing is, the understanding, it's not the dictation on the outside that's going to lead you. It's the connective of the of the intent on the outside that ignites you. But it's still your journey. It's your heart, your soul, your spirit, your mind, your choice. And we can't give it up to other people and say, choose for me. Because the whole point of this journey here is to be a participant in our own journey, in our own life. And we can't avoid that. We can't outrun ourselves. We're always going to find ourselves around the corner. Well, we can avoid ourselves, but then it's not in our best interest. Uh, well, it, it always comes back to bite you. You know, it, uh, avoidance is futile because you are there wherever you go. Whatever you're trying to escape from, you are always there. So it's better to face it. And when you face it, then that's when you realize you're not alone, right? When you come from the inside out, you're not alone in your facing. Um, and that changes everything, I think. Absolutely. Well, that's the whole component. And self mindfulness, self compassion is about you know being present mm -hmm. with loving kindness and connecting to the common humanity thread, because when we feel as and know that our experience is not isolated, mm -hmm. that other people have are going through the same journey called the human experience, then we can offer ourselves more loving kindness because we know that we're not trudging through this domain alone. Yeah. It's a, you know, I draw the analogy of that each one of us is in discovery of what our instrument is. And then we learn how to play it. And yes, we can play it well as a soloist. But when we come and join that orchestra of like-hearted, we then in our own individual strengths can create a harmonious peace that then transcends and invites out. 
So we're all looking for that tribe. We're all looking for that orchestra. But we've got to actually understand what are we bringing to that tribe or orchestra? Who are we bringing? And they can enhance you. But you've got to come with your presence, haven't you? Absolutely. It's like I remember um, back a long time ago, they were saying, you know, in, in a relationship, do you give 50-50? And then uh, the commentator said, no, it's 100-100. Mm-hmm. Yes. 50-50 of what? Well, like <laughs> in terms of effort, in terms of like into the relationship, so that it's even. But, you know, some days you can give 150 into yes. your job, into your friendship, into whatever it is. And then the next day you might give 25%. But we always go in full hearted. Yeah. Yes. Well, much as we can in the moment, because we're not always um, available in each moment. But mm-hmm. that is that is the intention. You know, there's a, a beautiful uh, picture I found. It's a man and a woman's face. And then there's the, the face that joins them, where they become one. You know, my, this hand can do this, this hand can do that, and they're both strong. Put them together and lock them, they're even stronger. But they're only as strong together because of their individual strengths. And I think that's that 100%. You know, you are that 100% of your intent and your intentions of living life. But when you come together, it isn't about you know, um, you complete me, or, you know, it's, uh, you could be better with someone because that complementary compassion and, and love for each other just expands the, you know, you as an individual. But I think it's finding love with other people isn't going to make you find love within yourself. You need to find that love in yourself to find the right love with someone else. Well, it it just reminds me of the Bhagavad Gita's and um, the Yoga Sutras, because Patanjali, Patanjali, sorry, says that you know we have riti, we have our thoughts, so they can be in pain or not pain, or selfish or selfless. Mm. If we go into a relationship with an expectation, it becomes in the mode of self selfish because. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not pure. Mm. But when we go into a relationship or in a circumstance, being selfless and just giving without expectation, without uh, parameters, then then we really receive the fruits of that effort. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I think, you know, the one of the things we talk about a lot on these shows is the big A, awareness. I think a lot of the time we're just not tuned in. We're not aware and, and we're not tapping into all our beautiful senses and all our senses are little antennas all right of what we can pick up and how we can feel and I think if we're willing to be aware because we've become humans that want to shut down oh it's too much and you know I can't take it or my heart was broken and I'm protecting myself and what you're doing is shutting your own self off from yourself but when you open up all those senses and you start to feel everything around you it opens you up in such a way that that awareness of everything, good or bad, then you know how to avoid the bad, how to immerse yourself into the good. But shutting yourself away isn't going to be the solution, is it? Well, if we, and if we don't have awareness, then we can't live mindfully. We can't live intentionally mm-hmm. because there's becomes awareness, then becomes intention, and mm-hmm. then it becomes action. Yes. 
if you don't have the awareness, then your responses are habitual. Maybe they're from a pain point, inner child wounds, wherever it is. And you're really not working from your highest self. Right. Let's explain a little bit what the higher self is to people, because people hear this that are on their journey, but they don't quite know what you're talking about. So can you, in your terms, explain what that higher self is, what they're working towards? Well, I think, and how I am understanding this journey, is that uh, we have a lot of responses, mostly from the egoic mind. Mm -hmm. That is from the intellect, is from the mind that, you know, is coming from our thoughts and behaviors and past hurts. And so that is basically, I, I think of it as the human experience. Mm -hmm. But the higher self uh -huh. is, is, the, is the self that is the selfless, mm. who really sees the, the grace in everything else yes. and knows that we are all interconnected. And when you work, live, think, and vibrate in that place, then everything becomes so much brighter. It mm. becomes so much lighter. And, you know, often I really have come to realize that I don't really want to necessarily teach, but I want to demonstrate. Right. Right. Yeah. I want to demonstrate, um, you know, I wish I knew this earlier, but I want to demonstrate love and love and compassion. And that, I mean, the highest vibration is love, hence a call for love, which I can go into to explain the meaning of the, the show, my podcast, but it's really, I feel love is the highest vibration love and joy. And that comes from the highest self. Yes. And you know, as you said, it's um, we're, we're guiders, we're guiding people, how to put one foot in front of the other, how to be aware. It's not necessarily teaching them because what we want, if we just teach them, we're just saying, well, do this. What we want them to be is aware of what to do. So it's showing them how to use the tools and the skins, how to open up to that awareness and tune in. And so, you know, put that in their backpack and walk in their journey of life. And they've always got the tools there to whatever else they have to face. But that higher self is a journey in itself, isn't it? It's that wonderful journey of awakening, of igniting your heart and soul and spirit and trusting the intellect, the wisdom from the soul, you know, the heart truth, the spirit action for the mind to know what it needs to know when it needs to know it. And you walk then in trust, don't you? Because again, you know you're not alone. You know you're at that higher self of awareness. That means you're going to receive and see everything that comes before you. Uh, you're not going to miss opportunities because you are aware and you're in tune. So it's a practice that we need to get into by opening up our minds, our hearts, our souls, and our spirits. It's a collectiveness of those senses to open up and listen and then when we start walking it and we start feeling it, everything else opens up so much more for us. Absolutely. And that's not every moment. No, no. It's not every moment. But that's where awareness comes in. Yeah. Because, um, so let me explain that there's two basic emotions. I'm a student of A Course in Miracle. And they say there's love. Mm -hmm. And then there's fear. Yes. And uh, fear doesn't mean just fear. It means the lower vibrations mm -hmm. of stress, 
anxiety, anger, frustration, envy. And so a call for love is to know what place you are standing in. Because mm -hmm. we're not always going to be in a place of love. We're not always going to be in our higher self. So the awareness to know where I am I standing is, am I in a place of love or is there a call for love? Yeah. And so mm -hmm. if we can notice that there's a call for love, then we can make an intention and choose an action that mm -hmm. is fine with our higher self. And sometimes we choose not to be our higher self. I have been in a circumstance where I say, I am just not ready to be in that place of love. Mm -hmm. I need to go for a walk. Mm -hmm. I need, you know, a couple hours by myself. But then I give myself a certain amount of time and to process, to move it through my body. And um, and then we can choose a call for love and shift. Right. But what you're doing is giving yourself self-love, which rejuvenates you which means then you can participate and share that love. But if you are feeling out of balance, um, you know, we need to go and get that equilibrium back um, because then we don't want to give more than what we have. We do when we're in a state of love because we're giving all the time. But then there comes that awareness of knowing, no, you need to just retreat right now. Take time for you to refill your tank to nurture and put this love into you so that your cup can run over again. But it's not running over until you're totally empty, folks. It's paying attention to that little indicator saying you're on quarter. <laughs> go, go and refuel yourself because then, we, th then we're in balance. And when we're in balance, we can face anything, can't we? Well, we can face it with more skill, with more tools. And uh, I was just actually, I guided meditation this morning. I try not to say I teach meditation because mm -hmm. I feel like I'm more of a guide. And I had this exact same conversation with, funny enough, a woman named Sarah. <laughs> and we were both saying that we're empaths. Mm -hmm. And being an empath is draining. Odd. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and Knowing that for so much of my life, I thought I was weak. Yeah. I have to say to my mom, because I'm the youngest of 11 children. Wow. And I, oh, mom. I know. I used to say to my mom, you know, you didn't put much into making me. And, you know, she laughed for many years. And then eventually I said this on my podcast. And she says, okay, Linda, you played that song long enough. <laughs> and I said, okay, maybe you're right, mom. But it's true. And I just thought of myself as weak and fragile mm -hmm. instead of empathic. And yes. it wasn't until I really did the research and I call my studies my wisdom work, being mm. all the masters and uh, from all different modalities that I realized is it, being an empath is very draining. Yes. It's a beautiful thing, but mm -hmm. we have to set healthy boundaries. Yeah. A hundred percent. You know, um, uh, I have an illness, which a depression is part of it. But as somebody described it, which just became the light bulb bomb is I have empathic depression. Oh, yeah. Right. And it's when when you feel all that despair out there and, you know, you want to put 
that boundary there. I, I acknowledge you. I see you. I send you my love, but don't come any closer because if you do, you're going to cripple me. And, and you know, that overwhelming <gasps> of losing breath because you feel helpless to do anything because you're feeling all that pain and all that anguish. And it's, it's really painful. So it kind of like when I get down that feeling, I think, no, this is the empathic depression coming on. And it's like, I need to take time out. This is imperative. I take time out at this moment to reset my equilibrium where I can send out love, white light to them in healing. But I can't take it on because if I'm crippled, I can't even send out love to them. Yeah, I, I hear exactly what you're saying. I would actually almost feel like it's empath overload. Yeah. So yes. Rather than depression. For me, that's what I'm hearing. It's an overload that is causing, the first is overload, which is leading to depression, but mm -hmm. it feels like it's overload. Yeah, it is. It's when it's just too much, then it ignites the depression. And then, you know, it's because it, depression, there's no rationality to it. But when you know, when I start feeling like that, I, I'm aware. Ooh, I'm feeling like that was causing it. Is it something in my own parameters that I'm doing? Or is it something that's external going on that I'm picking up on? And it's you know, then again, it's taking that time for yourself to assess what it is and then empower yourself to do something about it. And sometimes it's retreat into your own self and rejuvenate. And sometimes it's redirect. Or sometimes you're empowered to actually be able to do something about the situation for someone else. But it's, um, it's never feel guilty about it. And uh, you're not weak at all um and it's uh and don't you know the guilt is when you feel i feel all this pain but i what can i do i feel powerless to do anything about it never ever underestimate the power of sending beautiful white loving light of healing to who whatever you're feeling because that energy especially if we can come collectively with that energy is such an uplifter and healer in itself isn't it Yes, well, that's that really is Tonglin. Mm -hmm. uh, my children des describes Tonglin, where you um, really feel the other person's pain in order to share that common humanity in mm -hmm. for healing. Yeah, understanding how the feelings, so you know how to help them heal, and the relatability, right? You know, say this is like with these shows when people listen to someone, they go, "I relate to what they're saying." then that is actually a connection made because you feel that person is speaking to you or about what you're going through. And then it's so much easier to connect with people like that because they understand. And I think it's, that's a lot of what our, our problem is in, in self-love or love of life in any ways is the, the lack of understanding because sometimes we're looking for that knowledge in the wrong place. Yes, and we... We can, we really can't hold, I feel, heal other people. I always say it's an inside job. Yes. Space for people. Yeah. You can ignite it in them. <laughs> you know, like, turn up that volume, you know, put on the pilot light. Actually, if the pilot light is, you know, I think the first thing they need to do is their own pilot light because that is them saying, I want to rise. I want to heal. But you can help ignite that pilot light and turn it up a little bit you know, through sometimes just either inspiration or simply uh, 
lovingly caring, not doing anything, but just letting them know you're there for them. Well, and sometimes it takes a crisis. Yes. Cosmic two by four. <laughs> I think that um, I know that, well, I got divorced and I went to separated anonymous, which was a very healing group. It was fantastic. You were never heard of that. I know. I know. Yeah, I don't even think it's a thing. We read this book, but I tell you, when I was the most raw, hmm. I said I had to pick my heart up with a spatula. When I was the most raw, I was the most willing. Yeah. I was the most willing. I was like a sponge. Yes. In, in terms of I, I wanted to know how to help myself. Mm. But, you know, when I was fine and dandy I didn't really I didn't really care so much mm -hmm. I was just too busy living it's yeah. just like journaling when I was a, a child I only journaled when I was upset or needed to process so uh -huh. I, I I have the art of journaling as one of my podcast episodes and I said if you look back at my journals you would have thought I was a really sad depressed child because <laughs> <Yes. laughs> I only journaled when I needed to process right and so I was I was seeking a way to heal, but I do believe that um, pain or suffering can be the catalyst to mm. being open to really moving forward, letting go of hurt and pain. Well, if we've got to, no matter what happens to us, divorce, I went through that too, but whatever's hitting you, you know, loss of a job, loss of people, loss of your own identity, you know, loss, 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 you've, you've got to grieve that loss. You have to go through the process. And I went through a couple of years of going down the metaphysical road. And I, I read all these particular fantasy type books, but in, in them, I found my reality because it was very much connecting me to who I am and what I do at the soul level. And that's what I needed to ignite again was my soul. Um, I mean, it was my soul that gave me the strength to end the marriage. Plus my children who told me to end it because they came to me and said, it's time, mum. Because um, otherwise we know oh, I'm waiting for you all to grow up and leave home. Let's forget that. <laughs> you know? So bless them. I love them. Um, but it was then that process, you know, where you go through the whole thing. You know, what did I do wrong? Or um, getting over the pain or in, in my case, there was a great deal of browbeating. So there was... Um, I called him the piranha. He'd suck that energy right out of you until you were a pulp. And it eventually caused my psyche and my spirit and my body to completely break down. And it was that in that recovery process, and I had to do it in my safe place. And my safe place was the metaphysical or was the, the spiritual teachings. But it's through the metaphysical that I ignited my heart and soul again and gave it permission to be. And then the journey just from there, kind of one step after the other grew. But we need to acknowledge the loss and allow, <coughs> excuse me, and allow it to heal. Well, that's why I actually began, began that's why I actually began to be a yoga teacher, because it was through yoga that I was able to really somatically heal. I didn't know that at the time, but I was able to lie at the beginning of class and move through the poses and end with Shavasana 
and be connected to my body. And when I was connected with my body, it helped me move through energetically all the hurts. And now I was just saying to some clients that the big buzzword now is somatic healing. Because somatically, when we invite in the body sensations of hurt, and we notice where it is, is are we having anxiety in the stomach? Are we having hurt in the heart? Uh, when we can tap into that, feel it, allow it to move through, like a samskara, they say, the energy moves through, and then it leaves us. I always, there's a, there's a book called um, Going on a Bear Hunt. You can't go over it. You can't go under it. You can't go around it. Mm-hmm. You have to go through it. Yeah. Yes. We have to face it. Avoidance is futile. We have to face it. That's part of our journey. That's where we discover our courage. We discover our strength. We discover our resilience. We discover our abilities. And coming out the other side, when we stand tall in our own lives, and we look back, sorry, folks, coughing spells in my throat in a different journey um we we look back on us, ourselves and i always say to people you know if if you come to a pause in life this it doesn't mean you're going in the wrong place it just says pause time to reflect look back and realize how far you've come realize who you are today and give yourself that great big hug and say well done well done for placing that value upon yourself and be willing to take that journey was it easy no as Trevor Noah says, the experience may not be fun, but the result of that experience can be wondrous. If you're willing to go through the process, you can't avoid the process. Well, I I do know some people that who have avoided the process and it leaves them very stuck. Yes. And I say, well, next lifetime, they'll have to deal with yeah. it. Yeah. I'm not going to deal with it this lifetime. I guess it's next. Yeah, because, you know, if you don't get it sorted out in this lifetime, you are coming back, folks. And you're going to come back to learn the same lesson over and over again until you're willing to go through that process and come out the other side. And, and yeah, it can be tough at times. But every step that you take when you realize how that, you know, this is the reason why this network of self-discovery wisdom. It is that wisdom that you are discovering on your journey of self. And when you discover just how awesome you are. And there's a beautiful word I use um, that I found some time ago called flawsome. When you embrace all your beautiful flaws, which makes you unique and you are awesome in flawsomeness, right? We realize that it doesn't matter if we've got cracks. It doesn't matter if we've got pieces missing in us. We are whole because we have taken the journey of process of discovering self-love. And in that self-love, we are now there to step into our meaningful purpose and be of service to humanity. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that takes courage. Yes, it does take courage. But then in how many people sell themselves short and they don't realize how courageous they really are, how strong they really are, how resilient they really are. And it's only when they're put to the test, you know, when that cosmic two by four, or the ladders pulled from you, you know, carpets, rugs pulled from underneath you. It's only when you face that redirect that you actually, it, it's, you know, it's do or die and you decide to do, then you go, hey, I've been selling myself short all this time. <laughs> I like what Michael Singer says. He says, 
you know, we have a hurt and it becomes a thorn in our side. Mm. And instead of pulling it out, which will hurt, we put this bubble around it. Mm-hmm. And we don't want it to get bumped. We don't want it to get moved. We spend a lot of time and energy protecting this hurt. Yes. By avoiding people, situations, etc. Instead of just pulling it out. And then if we pulled it out, we could move further because it reminds me, my youngest son, I have two boys and my youngest son had stapled his finger. (laughs) And before he was, he was crying, crying. It was painful, painful. I tried to get it out and I am remarried and my husband tried to get it out, but he wouldn't let us touch it. Right. Holding his finger and I, so that nothing would touch it, nothing would bump it, because then it would hurt more. And then my oldest son, who very wise, says, well, if we just pull it out, it'll only hurt for a second, instead of it hurting forever. And that got through to him? And he, he what well, it made sense to him. Yes. Yes. So then he held still, and we pulled it out. And I'm like, that's the thorn. Yeah. This is mm-hmm. the metaphor for us having a hurt yeah. that we are protecting. We think we're protecting it because we don't want it to get bumped. But if we just really um, allow space for it, move through it, you know, use some skills to move through it, it would be gone. It would be, it would be done. And we could look back at it and go, you know, I remember it hurting at the time, but I don't feel the pain. Yeah, that's the thing is to be able to look back on the experience, remember the experience without any pain or suffering attached to it. Like childbirth. Yes, <laughs> we exactly. Would we have a second if that pain stayed with us all the way? You know, your mom had 11. I had three. And I had the one doctor say to me, Sarah, you're allergic to, to pregnancy. These children take everything from you. And my childbirths were all traumatic, every single one of them. Then my daughter's beaten me on that level with her two children. But it is, would would I have, oh, no, that was too traumatic. I can't do it again. No, because when you've got that child in your arms, that love in your arms, and what it ignites inside of you, I've got to do this again. (laughs) Even though you know what you're about to go sign up for. Exactly. It's like love. You have a broken heart. Oh my goodness. I can't love again. That's just too painful. It's too much work. And then if you open yourself up, then you love again if it if it works out. And the thing I think that's an important point is that, you know, um I I have uh, some people that, you know, I, I coach now and again and I'm about to go over and see them. So it'll probably happen again where they both love each other very much and they've made a home and and they are very happy. But when they have a disagreement, she goes into past hurts and blames him. And then he goes into woundedness and attacks back. And so, you know, I'm trying to kind of say, right, we separate this. This, your woundedness is not from him. You, You know, that applies to them. And if you haven't let it go, you need to face them and let it go. You can't bring it into the current relationship because you will destroy it. And his woundedness of, you know, what the attack is feeling unjustified and then attacks back is that you need to have some understanding of the pain that she's going through and say, I'm there for you, the best I can be, but this is also your journey. 
to face and it's being supportive of each other at the same time I think holding each other accountable because we do have to hold ourselves accountable and we can't dump our pain on someone else being maybe the past people who caused the pain have never paid for it right they've just got away scot-free no look upon yourself as getting away you're no longer in that pain you're no longer in that suffering so why are you carrying it with you well, I, I, I have practiced that and I really think it's very valuable. And I'm going to add to that because I found that a huge difference in my life was now when somebody is displaying a behavior mm -hmm. to me, I think of it as a mirror. And I say, where is this happening yes. in me? Because if I'm seeing it, I am it. Mirroring so it, yeah. Yeah. So it's perception. So yeah. if we, if I see somebody who's impatient with me mm -hmm. and I, and then instead of saying, why are they impatient taking it personal? I am stepping back now and I'm saying, okay, they're impatient. Where am I impatient in my own life? Mm -hmm. Where am I impatient? And then, you know, I, I discover, you know, when I want to move forward on a venture and it's not happening smoothly, mm -hmm. I'm impatient. Oh, so maybe I should heal that yes. instead of worrying about them. Right. Yeah. So then I do my own work. Mm -hmm. And then it's just, I feel like when we heal, we heal each other. Yes, as as it should be, because that's kind of the support, right? But we, the onus is on ourselves to heal ourselves and not bring it to someone else. Uh, and that, But if somebody else is seeing it, maybe to say, this is a past pain. Can I help you get through it? Or is this something that you're willing to do on your own? But I think it's that acknowledgement that, hang on, you're dumping on me something that's not mine. And you've, you know, and, but at the same time, not, um, not responding, but also not, uh, not attacking the person back, you know, literally maybe hand, holding their hands and saying, are you aware? And this isn't, you know, a reprimand or anything else. I'm there for you. But I clearly feel this is something that's come up from your past. And very often we don't realize our reactions are causing a reaction back because we're not aware of what's going on. So the pause, reflect and repair, <laughs> I think is really good advice. You hear that, folks? Pause, reflect, repair. Right? And there's another big word you can add to that. Give it time. Don't go, well, I, I gave it half an hour. How come it's not repaired? <laughs> you know, sometimes it may take a little time for you to completely rechange that pattern. But the more aware you are, the more you pay attention to it, the more, the less it's going to keep coming up because you are changing it. Yeah. And what we don't repair, we repeat. All the time. And, and it has a different face to it and a different place to it. But when you look at it, it is the same pattern. And that's, you know, kind of what we are as humans. We're habitual people constantly repeating, repeating, repeating patterns. And it's like, but is this pattern even mine? Is it something that I was taught? Is it ancestral? Is it past life? Did I decide on this pattern? And if it's not serving me, why am I doing it? Exactly. Yeah. Well, it takes... It takes, well, that's why I am such an advocate for stillness and turning inward. Yes. Meditation. 
we're not going to see ourselves until we create some space. Yes. And that space is some, is give yourself time, time every day, right? Whether you take 15 minutes or you go for a walk, where is it and what is it that you're doing that gives you your space and time for you? Well, we're insulted by all the senses, you know, busy, mm. loud, noise, yeah. lights. I mean, you know, I, I was as a school teacher during COVID, I would guide um, the kindergartens. I would teach the kindergartens during planning time. And so it would be 40 minutes and they would get distracted because I'm not YouTube. I don't have, <laughs> yes. the, I don't have the change of costume after right. two minutes, right? So I was boring to look at one person yeah. on a screen. And so I just feel like, and then of course it was funny because when I, I saw that I was losing them, I would go get my dog. I would say, do you hear that? Do you hear that? I think somebody wants to say hi. And then I get my dog and I bring them back. But the point is, is that we are so bombarded. Yes. Journal stimuli. Mm. And we're teaching our children, mm. which is a huge, huge, very scary fact, um, to be distracted. Because when we're distracted, we can't think. We just re react. Right. We can't respond. And that doesn't make for healthy. No thing in your body and with others it really doesn't it is not giving you the tools no and I don't think we're too young to kind of teach our kids things like yoga and and time out and you know just be present my 28 month old grandson my uh, daughter and her husband when he gets frustrated <laughs> you know having a tizzy fit which two-year-olds do um they just go to him and go okay now breathe breathe take a breath some deep breaths deep breaths and he's you know, trying to bring, calm yourself down. Now, what's the problem? Right. And it just is teaching him skills to just breathe. I have another uh, friend, uh, Duati Asido, who teaches teenagers the art of meditation through yoga and meditative music and everything else that, you know, when they get stressed, have how to de-stress. Now, we know the benefit of all of that as adults, but why are we not teaching our children right from the word go? And they sent me a gorgeous video of my my daughter, her sister, sister-in-law, all doing yoga on the mat. And there is my little 28-month-old, you know, trying to copy them and doing everything they're saying. It's absolutely adorable. They're sponges at that age. Teach them all the good tools and skills that they can use for the rest of their life. Well, if that's here where it comes to demonstrating. If parents aren't doing it, it's really yeah. hard to it's not do what I say, it's do what I do, right? Yes. So we have to model. We are the models mm -hmm. and how are we modeling. I know that, you know, during hard time when I was um, getting divorced, the I said to people, I'm putting my oxygen mask on so that I can, you know, be present mm -hmm. and then be there for my boys. And there was a time that, you know, I had to learn that. Yes. I had to learn that. So that I could share it. Yes. Yes. And I think that's something that, again, when you are aware, you know, I get very anxious at this. Or I'm too busy. Or, you know, I'm, I'm trying to call, climb this corporate ladder, but I don't even enjoy the job. Right? And I think, again, back to that awareness. Why are you doing what you're doing? And I think that question is a question everybody should ask themselves at some point. 
Oh yeah, your purpose, your purpose for sure. And you know, your purpose changes. I was yeah. over 30 years as an educator and now I, I'm completely immersed into the wellness because I feel that, you know, it's a new start for me. It's a new, it's a new venture and it's yeah. a new purpose. And everything that you did in the past, all those past experiences just makes the experience of this now so much more profound because you're more aware of what to look for and also appreciate what it gives you. So it doesn't matter if one changes course completely in one's life, is that everything that you've done beforehand is in your toolkit and it's there to help you when you do find that meaningful purpose. When you finally find that platform, we go, no, this is it. Right. And then all of the stuff that you've ever learned before, you just retool it for what you're doing now. Nothing's a waste. No, we're all evolving. Yeah. Yeah. Now you do Reiki um, and you do yoga and you do a number of other things. How about you list kind of what you do do and why you do it and how you feel it benefits people? <clears throat> okay. Well, when I was teaching, I suffered from extreme exhaustion, adrenal fatigue, soul fatigue, anxiety, and I wasn't feeling well at all. My anxiety was through the roof. And I went to the doctor and the doctor wanted to prescribe medication. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, let's just see. Let's just see. So my neighbor actually invited me to a yoga class and I had done yoga, but I went and I felt a lot better. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's let's hold off on the medication. Yeah. Let's, let's go to yoga. So I made time. I didn't have the time. I made time to go to yoga more regular and my anxiety really came down. Mm -hmm. And I said, I really, really love this. I want to do more of this. Mm -hmm. So I became a yoga instructor. And then from there, it just snowballed. It mm -hmm. just, snowballed. I, 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 there's very few credentials I do not have now. <laughs> well, that's and the teacher in you, right? <laughs> teachers are professional students. <clears throat> yes. So, so I, I, when it became my eligibility date to retire, because I was 53, actually, in Canada, I it's called 85 Factor, and I was turning 54 in October, but... Um, oh, October when? Seventeen. Six. Oh, nice. <laughs> All about that balance, love, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And so I, I took my first um, eligible date and I I left teaching. And I'm going to say I have not retired. Everyone says, how's retirement? No, I'm not retired. I'm working very hard. And I don't even want to say hard, but I'm working very fully. Yeah. Because um I want to share in a new way. Now, teaching really helped me because I know how to guide. Yeah. I know how to explain. I know how to be present and to see what the gaps in order to support. But I didn't learn business. It was very naive of me. <laughs> you know, okay, now I'm going to go into global wellness education and I know how to be well and I'm going to share that with others. Oh, I didn't realize that I was mostly going to be business. Yes. Yes. Nobody tells people that. Yeah. And I did not know that. And that was a huge, huge, 
huge transition for me because yeah. I had been taught to follow lesson plans. Of mm-hmm. course, my own, but I was really, and I, you know, I love teaching, but I would walk into the school and I knew I was going to get paid in two weeks. Exactly. And now to show up in a really new way, a new platform was daunting, mm-hmm. was really daunting. And so it took me a long time to let go of my self-limiting beliefs mm-hmm. in order to, as I say in my podcast, you know, own my impact, step into my power. And I feel that the biggest catalyst for change has actually been starting my own podcast. Mm. And I never thought it would be, but people say, well, why, why did you start a podcast? And I said, well, first of all, I do not want to sell myself. Right. Uh, And I'm not, that's not who I am. It's not who I want to be. And so, and I needed to, I was asking the universe to deliver to me this, this really beautiful wellness career. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't showing the universe. I wasn't stepping into that. You know, the universe says, fine, but what are you going to do? This is how I interpret it. So I said, you know what? I show up and shine every week. Right. I'm going to step. I'm going to, I'm going to make myself um, produce, create, and get out there, step out of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And so for me, my podcast, A Call for Love, has really been about me showing up and sharing sharing. Mm -hmm. and sharing what I know. And you know, now it's, 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 I had to let go of the intention. What's it going to give me? Yes. Like the yoga sutra say, the selfish? No. You want to listen, you listen. If it resonates with you, I'm so happy. But who am I doing this for? Right. I'm doing really to to tap into the creator who I am. And I feel that I am a healer and a light worker. So I want to share that. And that is the best avenue that I know to share it. Mm-hmm. Amen, sister. <laughs> it's the reason I do what I do too. Um, <clears throat> it's 11 and a half years for me, 10 years with my own network. <clears throat> and I know the impact of what a podcast can have. It is the medium now. You know, I mean, you've got your TikToks and your this and that, but the the headliners. But for people that are looking for content, for people that are looking for for answers, the I know I need to take this journey, but how, how, how? And having people on and sharing the wisdom of others that have gone through the journey is that inspiration that begets invitation. And it invites people to believe they can take that journey. And this is how one foot in front of the other, get into the right mindset, get to the right heart, soul, spirit set. And it's wonderful to know that this is out there in and every show is done already with heart intent, already with soul wisdom, already with love. And that love goes out as a vibration even before the show goes out and is received. And people say to me, who listen? And I got all those that are ready to hear. And that's all we can do is we can put it out there and people will find us when they're ready to hear it. But this is something people have to realize. All that they're looking for is within them. But how to get there within and ignite it is out there in the form of podcasts. It is the one greatest gift that humanity has received of sharing the wisdom. 
what better way to share the wisdom? <clears throat> and people can listen to it or watch it in any way they want. So kudos for you for doing this. I know exactly how you feel. And it's a wonderful way to, to take your knowledge, your wisdom, and be able to put it into something that people can go, I hear, I feel, and now I'm going to apply. Because they can go to a site, they can read something, they can watch a quick, you know, YouTube or TikTok or Instagram or this and that, but they're really hungry for the content of why should I do this? How should I do this? What will this do for me? And a podcast is a way to do that. It's so true. And I, I remember it the exact day that I started to listen to my first podcast. I had gone to uh, Paris with my son. He was traveling Europe for 13 months. And we met at, up in Paris. And we were going to take the bus to Nice. And he says, Mom, do you have a podcast you can listen to? And I said, what's a podcast? Yes. <laughs> seven years ago. Or I, I believe it's seven years ago. And he says, Mom, you don't know what a podcast is. I'm like, no, you shall be. Tell me. And then he helped me download it because we're going in the bus. Well, from that moment uh, on, yeah. I was a podcast lover. Yeah. I love them. I just love them. So I it's a it's just part of the journey. I mean, if you look back to see your path, yeah. of course I would actually now that I think of it, of course I would have a podcast. Yes. It's the next step in your evolution. <laughs> right? I mean, when I was asked to be on someone's podcast, a podcast eleven and a half years ago, it was uh uh what's that? What's a podcast? I didn't even know. This was, April, I started April 4th, 2012. But I also feel it was the perfect time to start, not only where I was in my life, but also in the transition of energy. Because I believe they've been turning our volume up on our consciousness uh, consistently. And it was that time period now where it was the next evolution in our consciousness. And these kind of shows needed to be listened to because people were hungry for it without even knowing what they were hungry for. And so I didn't know I could do it. Uh, I was live for the first 13 months and I pressed all the wrong buttons in the first show. And there's my, you know, producer saying, are you there? Are you there? And I go, ah! <laughs> and in 13 months, it was a brilliant training because people would drop out or drop in or not turn up. And, and it was, I call it the soap opera training. And then it's, I had to start my own and be my own network. And I had hosts for a number of years until COVID. And then I'm now in mentors, um, mentorships instead and books. Um, it, but everything that I've done through my life has prepared me for what I'm doing now. Exactly. And where I am now, it has been the most, other than my children, the most rewarding thing I have ever done. Oh, for sure. Because you get to hear the stories. You get to hear the illumination. You get to share the wisdom that you've learned along the way. And there are people out there. It's like having a good chat with someone, but they just happen not to be next to you or in front of you. <laughs> or virtually. Yes. But, I mean, the title, as I said, it's, it's a beautiful title of your podcast, but it's not the be all and the end all that you do, but it is kind of the the equals. Everything you do equals the podcast because that's where you share everything that you've learned for everything you do. 
And then the podcast is where you share all that knowledge and wisdom. Yes. And I, I do guide in-person courses and classes, and I am working on an online course. So that will be coming up for sure. And, you know, you know, as you're going back to being a teacher with, you know, 45, you know, kindergartners, they're trying to keep them occupied. When you uh, have been used to one system, suddenly going online, and especially with things like Reiki and yoga, how do you put that online? You know, you can do it and people can follow follow in classes. My my um, daughter-in-law does that. And I've interviewed other people that do that now where they, where they couldn't do the classes that so they did them online. And a lot of people have pivoted to online classes um, because it does open up to anywhere in the world, you know, of people being able to participate. So the, there is a gift in that, even though it was a pivot out of necessity. Yeah. And of course, my coaching clients, I mean, I, I can do that on Zoom easily. And I think this is something else that people need to understand, uh, unless it's like hands on massage, which is a little hard to do on Zoom, folks. Um, you know, it is the it is the the energy that is being shared. And it doesn't matter if it's in person or not, because when you've got the energy signature of a person, you have that energy signature and you can work with those people very, very easy because you're already connected, right? You don't have to be there in person. Nice if you can be, but it doesn't have to be. Well, I think that I prefer in person. Yes. First. And then the next best thing is virtual. Yeah. Because you can't. But it really has um, allowed us to to take courses and and listen in to people all around the world so it has been a huge huge benefit you know and i mentioned at the beginning your seven days to self-love the pdf workbook uh, where you give everybody you know steps and things the steps to take um how about you tell us about that because that is a wonderful giveaway that you're giving well this is i really believe that all as i said before all love comes from self love and we have to begin with ourselves and self care is not selfish yeah so if we can turn inwards and through the meditation playlist i provided you and and the listeners and the pdf it's a stepping stone mm-hmm. because really i'm a transformational life coach mm-hmm. and um soon to be author and course creator so uh, there's a lot of room but we always start with the first step with the first step and you know it's something that we always are revisiting it's not like we own ourselves and then that's done every day when we get out of bed actually I even believe the first consciousness when we wake up we are creating the intention for our day Mm. and until we because this this seven days to self-love it goes from you know sunday to sunday so you can go through it each day Mm -hmm. and you know over the weeks and then you take maybe a break then maybe the next season you see how you've transformed we have a hot tub and i always sit in the same location in the hot tub and i have watched the seasons i have watched Mm. Yeah, I have watched the leaves all grow. And this is the process. Yes. Being the observer of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And all love begins with self love. To know what you can do for mankind, animal kind, planet kind, um, 
you need to first know what is your love signature. You need to know how to love. You need to know it will always lead you to your meaningful purpose in the most bizarre ways, right? Do not think it's going to be. The thing is, forget about the straight line. There is no straight line. Energy is constantly in movement. The blood and the energy in our body is moving, twisting and turning. Our DNA is twisting and turning. We are fluid creatures and we are not good if we stay stagnant, either in a positive energy or a negative energy. And we need to flow. The positive energy, you're going to share that energy out, that loving energy with anyone else. And negative energy, you want to delete <laughs> as fast as you possibly can. Don't take it forward with you. But understand we're always in perpetual movement. And that moving forward, that next chapter, um, for me growing up, I went from career to career, job to job. And it was always, well, when you go to settle down, you get that gold watch one day. And it gave me hives thinking about it. I loved having the different experiences. That's mm. how I learned. That's how I grew. I yeah. didn't know if I could do it or not until I tried. I tried some things. No, I can't do it. Other things, oh, I can do this. I didn't know I could. But we've got to be a little wondrous, haven't we? A little exploratory. And, and I think that comes the more you open up your heart. And the more your heart goes, well, what else is out there? And in safety, we have to, yes. have to be safe to do that. Yes. Pick and choose. And we, we, if it's baby steps, we go in baby steps. Yeah. That comes back to the awareness. Listen to your inner voice. Listen to your gut. When it says, don't do it, don't argue with it. Right? Just, um, it's not the right time. It's not the right place. It's not the right people. All right? Maybe you need to do a little cha-cha-cha, a little to the left, a little to the right. And now it's perfectly lined up. But listen to your inner intuition because it will never guide you wrong. But if you aren't hearing it properly, then you're going to assume or dictate what you think it is rather than listening to the truth of what it is. And I'm going to take this full circle because our conversation at the beginning of this podcast was talking about religion versus spirituality. Yeah. And what I say is that if we don't know, we can ask the universe. I have many a time said, you know, I have this really important decision to make. I don't know. You're a Libra. I'm a Libra too. And I sometimes find making decisions very hard. Yes. Because it's like, what if this? And what if that? <laughs> both sides. Yes. Both yes. So, you know, my husband laughs at me. He says, I I'm surprised you can make a decision. But <laughs> I often ask the universe. I say, you know, show me a blue jay on on the branch sometime today and then i'll know that's a sign mm -hmm. like we can do that we can do that and you know it it does it does work out mm -hmm. i yeah. will i will find signs if i really ask and i really believe i find signs and so that's another way that we can maybe trust the direction that we're going on yeah. if you are a spiritual person yes you know, I find that don't argue with the universe, please. It's it's total waste of time. And don't give them, you know, the, I want a Maserati, I want this and that, I'm going to manifest it. No, it's the universe will pick up how you feel, the your energy feeling. And so if you, you know, universe, I would like to feel this. I'd like to feel safe. I'd like to have a sanctuary. I'd like to have meaningful purpose. This is what I love to do, and it gives me meaning. 
can you guide me on this path that is going to lead me to doing this? And when we get out of the head intellect, which is a great deal of programming and conditioning and data and trust the soul, heart and spirit intellect, it will take us where we need to be when we need to be there. I agree, but we also have to show the universe that we're serious because yes. our yes. words mean nothing. No, that's why well, the feeling has to be there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're right. I feel like I'm so happy you said that because I don't hear many people say that. Right. People say, well, you know, the secret where you just say an intention. No, mm -hmm. the universe doesn't hear our words. It hears, like you said, Sarah, our vibration. Yes. Yes. What frequency are we putting out there? And is there any doubt to it? Because if it picks up the doubt, then they go, well, maybe this isn't for them. So whether you know how it's going to come about or not, whether you know, uh, maybe you don't even know what it is that you need, but it is, this is how I would like to feel. You know how you want to feel, right? This is how I'd like to feel. Can you show me my path? Then the energy knows how to give you that energy. But if there's doubt or anger or hurry up, universe, and I haven't got all day, <laughs> the universe is on to the next. <laughs> or it may give you something completely wrong because you've sent out the wrong message. Yes, exactly. So be careful. Again, back to the word aware. Be aware of what your intentions are. Be aware of why do you want that. And be aware of how you feel and what is it that really gives you joy? How many people don't know how to be in joy? Because they're not aware of what joy means to them. And they're not aware when joy is even there. They skim over it so quickly onto the next emotion. Savor it. Savor that joy. Make sure that it penetrates every organ of you. And then, you know, universe, I'd like more of this, please. What, whatever world do I need to be in to feel more of this? Yeah, it's really being mindful. Yeah. I always think of mindful and awareness pretty parallel. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they, where are your thoughts? This is where I say, you know, the wisdom. The wisdom is channeling the universal knowledge and it's given to the heart in truth and the spirit into action, but it extracts from the mind what it needs in order to actualize it. So, this intellect in here, if it's on its own and you're only thinking chin up, you're going to always be confused and you're not making a decision. <clears throat> with all the right information. But when you listen to the wisdom, the heart, the spirit, and the mind, that's called clarity. And that's powerful. Don't we all want some of that? Oh, yes. And you know what? I think that this show that you're producing and all your shows, because I know you produce many, it really emulate that. I think that... Um, we're our own worst enemy and we're our own best friend. And I think it's kind of that choice is that when you're living from the outside life of this expectation and dictation of who and what you should be, you're always going to let yourself down. When you can shut down the outside world and go in and truly listen to your core, to what really warms your heart, to opening up to that spirit wisdom just pouring through you, it just ignites you in such a way where it's like a deep breath. <sighs> okay, I get it now. I get it now. But you've got to be willing to go through the process of changing the programming, of going through the pain and releasing it, of wanting to feel in that beautiful zone. It's not, you don't just get there because you will it. You get there 
through the journey. And that journey doesn't have to be so difficult if you always keep that open heart and soul. Absolutely. Then it's a call for love. Yes. Yes, it certainly is. That's why it's such a perfect title. And love is the basis of all, isn't it? I mean, love is the beautiful divine energy that is godlike. When people say, you know, worship God, well, it is, God is within you. You are made up of the universe. Whether you look at God as a person or as a universal energy and wisdom, whatever it is, whatever your preference is, but we are made up of those particles. So therefore, we must be made up of God. God is always within us. We're never alone. And if we trust that, and we trust that universal wisdom, then it's always going to take us where we need to go. Always. Yeah, actually, that was my word. I have one word every year. And I was debating between trust and believe. And I chose believe this year. But it is, it, it is my word. Yes. And you know, that is, you know, I say stepping out into the abyss, blind, deaf and dumb in order to hear, see and feel. And that, you know, that surrender. I'm going to take this leap in trust. And that's a lot of what it is in igniting the heart and soul and spirit is getting out of your own way. I am giving myself to you in trust. Show me my way. Right. And it's getting out of your way because I feel so often we're in our own way and we don't realize the answers are always there. But we're just looking in all the wrong places. Well, Dr. Wayne Dyer always said, how may I serve? Yes, I love him. Yes. And it is about service, isn't it? We're here to serve one another. Part of the collective. We're to share our energies, our wisdom, our knowledge. It's one huge, big buffet. And we're each an ingredient in that buffet. And not everybody's going to partake of everything. You're going to partake of the particular ingredients that you like and that you need but it's once we actually understand we're all here to serve one another not be self-serving then we actually truly understand the enrichment and the abundance of life beautifully said and it's obtainable but we've got to take the journey so how do you help your clients get through there i know you've got a course coming up and you work one-on-one so what would be the process for someone to reach out to you and go okay i know i need you i don't know what i need though (laughs) well i believe as as i said you know there's love and then there's everything else Mm -hmm. so i actually have created a five-step process to working through uncomfortable or painful emotions And I've taught the course twice at um, local studios that I I work at. And so that is how I help my clients transform. We work through the steps to release pain and suffering through coaching. Mm -hmm. And then they'll find their path, whether it's meditation, whether it's yoga, whatever it is, you know, there is always a modality that you go to that, yes, this is the one for me, but it's a willingness, it's a willingness, isn't it? It's to, to be aware I'm in pain and suffering and I don't like it. Well, you, you know, know this, this is, this is, you know, when I said I was going to begin this work, people say, oh, there's so many people who do this, but you know what? I have a huge buffet. Yeah. To- and, you know, I have to say my, my biggest skill and I thank education is because I learned how to navigate through the needs of, of my client and yes. my So if my client, if I have an idea, so I often, you know, with a client, I go to the next session with three things in mind. 
this is where I think we're going to go. And then the client comes to me and starts talking and sharing about the work that they did that I often give like self reflections. I say, you know, we're not going there. We're going in this direction. This is what I hear you saying. Mm -hmm. This is what we're going to create space for. And not only do I have the words, but I have the physical modalities, yes. the book to recommend, the podcast to recommend on yeah. it, and uh, the, the questions to ask. Mm -hmm. so it's so personalized that it's not cookie cutter at all. Right. To customize to each client. And, you know, that's a big point there is that people don't realize it's not about the answer. It's about the right question. Mm -hmm. Right. The answer will come with the right question. But most of the time, people are asking the wrong question. So true. So and they I mean, don't know where to go. They, you know, they 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 come with this vision. And, and then it's always about, you know, I hold space and I ask the questions and then they give me the answers. Yeah. And then then I provide the soulful work. Right. For a long time, I called my coaching soulful. Mm hmm. As in, you know, small lowercase soul and then F-U-L-L -L capital. Um, because it's soulful work. Yes, doing, it is. We're doing the work of the soul. And it's, it's you know, I I could share one book, but, you know, I've read hundreds of books. I was a teacher librarian for mm -hmm. many, many years. Right. Big, bit of a bookaholic, which is, you know, that is another story. But, you know, I have well, a book. hence the profession. <laughs> <laughs> so then I, I guide, I guide my clients that way. And I give, and I, 100%, 100% or more, you know, because that's how I'm, I'm serving. Right. You know, I did the nine to five, and now I'm serving in a new way. Right. And and giving people the right book to read at the right time can just be that catalyst they need. You know, as I said, I went metaphysical, but also on a book that had a huge impact. Well, the Celestian Prophecy was one, but the other one was Who Moved My Cheese by Spencer Johnson, MD. Right. Just the, the metaphorical about change and our perception of change. And I think that ties in with me being a true colors coach when we can identify our personality trait, how we perceive things, how we interact with people. Um, I think that clarity of understanding who we are and in what way we're going to absorb is much easier for than other people to help us because they know in what way you're learning, in what way you're absorbing. But a book keeps on giving. For this person, it will mean this. For this person, it will mean that. And for that person, it can be the complete catalyst into a whole new realm. And we don't know that, right? It's, you're just, you're that uh, sole guider of them on that journey. What it means to them is up to them. But sharing, sharing again, the skills and the tools that they need to apply. Yeah. And, you know, you need, I believe you need a coach because I've had coaches and you need somebody to support you no matter what, you know, yeah. there's no past history. You know, right. you're just holding space for this person, helping them tap into, you know, their love and light and through helping them hold space for pain and suffering too, right? You're, you're creating, I create a call for love and, you know, I just guide a path. Yeah. And having been a person that had to do it all on her own, because you're kind of back in the day, 
you know, when I started my business of the, the True Colors, the Art of Positive Living, it was 2001. Oh. Uh, you know, we didn't perceive, you know, uh, internet or, you know, um, even talking spirituality. You know, what my program of that is the True Colors, your view of life, where you are and what you're doing right now. But also I am a seer, so I can see the path that lies before you and um, which would benefit you. You have to walk it, but, you know, the, the map reader, so to speak. And I could only work with people one on one, you know, because obviously there was no internet then. But I was just as much in discovery of who I was and what I was here to do and the healing of my heart and soul. And I had to do it alone. So I know the benefits of people having somebody to do it with them. That sounding board, that that redirector, that I've got you. I didn't have that. And I wish I did because I would have got to where I am a lot quicker with a lot less suffering had I had that. So I agree with you. Everybody needs somebody in some way to help them, keep them steady, keep them in the right direction for them to know they're supported and that also to cheer them on or pick them up whenever is necessary. And I think then we're going to just have people that would be so much more sure-footed on their journey of life. So yes, don't do it my way, folks. Believe me, it's a lot harder. <laughs> Please don't do it my way. <laughs> get someone to help you it's much better and that's what that's what your journey is about that was your redirect you stepped into being there for others on their journey of life because you knew the impact it had on you when others were there for you well they always say that we teach to those five to ten steps behind us yes so yes um do we want to, we want to learn from somebody who's made the mistakes. I'm the youngest yes. of 11 children and I followed and noticed and watched all my siblings. Yes. All of them. And I love them all and admire them all. And I've taken a little bit of each one to amalgamate in me, into me, Linda. Yes, Exactly. Yes, my, my youngest daughter, she was five, uh, she was four and six years younger than the older two. And she'd watch them make all the mistakes and go, uh-uh, nope, I'm not going that way. <laughs> so there's always like, oh, that works, I'll try it. Nope, that one doesn't work. I don't need to go and try that one. So there's always benefits to, again, paying attention to the people around you and go, you know, I had thought about doing that, but having just seen those results, maybe it's not for me. <laughs> you know, so pay attention folks definitely um do you, you talked about do you have a new book coming out uh, i'm in the process of writing my book and is that your memoir no it's the steps to emotional healing right boy again we need folks those steps because you know the biggest thing is when people are aware that they need you know that their life has pivoted their life has changed they're coming out of the ashes you know as the phoenix it's like but where do I go? How do I get there? And so having something that is that guidance system to help them navigate and then be aware of each step is very, very important. So yes, but you need to write your memoir one day too. <laughs> well, let's start with that. And then I've been told that I will write many books. Good. A memoir amongst them. <laughs> People well, learn from other people's journeys. So, right. Definitely. Well, the teacher in you is the common denominator, 
right? You you went into teaching because you wanted people to learn and have a have an experience with knowledge and to use that knowledge in their lives. And all you've done is just changed your modality of teaching. And now it really is coming from the heart and soul where it's not coming from a curriculum that you had no power over. You are empowered now to do it your way. And in doing that, that power, a loving power, uh, is what people are going to get because you've stepped into your own essence. And that's the greatest gift that you can share with anyone. Yeah, it's it's been a beautiful journey. Not easy, mm-hmm. but so worth <clears throat> it. And I'm really loving my life. So how do people get hold of you if they want to go? I'm interested. I want to know more. How do they get hold of you? Well, my business, I founded Global Wellness Education because it's global and I'm all about wellness and I'm an educator. So it's like the perfect fit and it's globalwellnesseducation.com. Wonderful. And of course, they can get hold of you, uh, Linda Orsini, O-R-S-I-N-I at globalwellnesseducation.com. Also on LinkedIn, your name, uh, Instagram, it is a call for love podcast, Facebook, a call for love podcast. And they can also find your show on FM Listen as well. And uh, folks, as I said, you've got to come back to the site, selfdiscoverywisdom.com, put in Linda's name. Linda Orsini, O-R-S-I-N-I, in the search engine, and her page will come up, and that's how you get the gift. So it's um, Player Captivity FM Collection, Free Meditations and Healing, wonderful, great way to get started, and the book, Seven Days to Self-Love. And it's a good journey to start. And then to reach out to Linda and say, I'm ready for the next phase. Absolutely. And wherever you are in your phase, That's perfectly fine. I'm here to guide you every step of the way. And doing it with love. That's the important thing. Always with love. Love. Yeah. And I give that freely. And, you know, where when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Exactly. And then they're they're ready not just for the headliners and the quick fixes. Now they're hungry to go in depth. And, you know, that's what my show is about. So your show is about what you're about. We give the nitty gritty of the in-depth, breaking things down to the core, because that's what you need to give yourself a gift of folks. The willingness to go through all the layers and get down to the core of you, ignite it, and then just see how much it generates of love, of self-love, love of life, finding that meaningful purpose and being of service to humanity of what you are meant to be. But take the journey. It's worthwhile. It's so worthwhile. And Linda's here to help you on your path. So thank you, Linda. It's been wonderful having you on here. And thank you for redirecting in life. Um, you know, being a teacher is already a very worthy path. And I know it's a lot harder nowadays, but you are still that teacher. And it doesn't matter really the age group, really. Uh, although I imagine it is obviously mostly adults, but there are a lot of teenagers or young adults that have already gone through a great deal and want to pivot and change and willing to put the work in so there is no age barrier that comes to you either is there oh absolutely not i'm in service for all exactly um folks remember i said i did it on my own and it was goddamn difficult i'm climbing a mountain without even the right shoes on in stilettos it doesn't work all right so having somebody that's got your back that can show you your path forward into your own future, that can show you that connection to self, uh, that loving self and stepping into your own self-love. Oh my God, 
you will never ever turn back I promise you so reach out to Linda and have her help you on your journey because you will not regret it thank you so much Linda I appreciate thank you so much to the listeners and to you Sarah I'm right back at you and until next time folks remember love is found here and it's found within you bye for now we hope that you enjoyed the show there are so many more for you here on selfdiscoverywisdom.com. Just go to the podcast tag at the top there and you will see all the many genres and all 3,000 shows ready for your listening. We are here to serve you, to help you on your journey of life. And we know that through inspiration, it begets invitation. We are supported by you, the listeners, and those that we interview. Anything that you can spare us in donation would be greatly accepted. And we do hope that you enjoy the next show.